Welcome to Brit Happens. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Brit Happens is an interview-based audio show where successful entrepreneurs, professionals, and thought leaders discuss how they've navigated unexpected career curveballs and turned setbacks into wins and stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Our purpose is not just to identify the issues and obstacles, but dive into the thought processes and tactics that can be deployed to overcome challenges all of us face. What would you like to leave as your legacy? Wow, that's a great question. I don't think about it that much because I'm only in my third year, but I hope that people remember me as someone who was visionary, who was ethical, who was transparent. I hope that they see me as someone who worked hard, who really cared, who really changed the needle on a, a lot of major issues such as income inequality, homelessness, technology and culture in our community, in our city. And I really would love to be remembered as a, as a great mayor. I mean, and that's all you can ask for. Hello, everyone. I am honored and excited to welcome today's Brit Happens podcast guest, Mayor Francis Suarez, who is the mayor of my great city, city of Miami, one of the most magical and dynamic places on the planet, if you ask me. Welcome, Mayor. No doubt about it. How are you? That's great. I'm great. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's wonderful. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Well, our city loves the Suarez brand. Your dad was a pioneer. He was the first Cuban-born mayor and a big proponent of diversity. And now there's a second generation, you. You're the first Miami-born mayor and wildly popular. Thank you. What vision do you have to make life more enjoyable here in Miami? Miami is such a great city. It has so much to offer. Um, obviously, before this uh, crisis, we were doing so well. My first couple of years as mayor, we grew 8.5% my first year, 10.5% my second year, uh, really differentiating ourselves in sports and culture uh, and, and creating the kind of city that was diverse in terms of its people, but also diverse in terms of its economy, uh, trying to get a, a greater and greater foothold into the tech ecosystem. And I think that's something we're going to have to continue. You know, obviously, there are, we have some advantages. We have wonderful weather. Um, I, again, we have great people. Um, and we have a great mix of cultures. And I think that is something that's a strength of ours that we have to continue to, um, to really showcase. Uh, but, you know, the city is doing so well. And all we got to do is sort of get back on track. Right. Absolutely. Which brings me to an early March. You were one of the first people and public figures to test positive for COVID-19. And I think it was a brilliant move of transparency and leadership for you to start your online journey with your digital journal. So how has that experience helped you to manage the pandemic here in our city? I think it's helped in a variety of different ways. I think the first is I realized that I was an asymptomatic carrier. Had I not been in the room with someone who had said publicly that they were positive, I would maybe never have gotten tested. And so that sort of shaped a little bit of my public policy on it. Uh, I think we also were very proactive at the beginning to cancel large events like Ultra and, and, and H Street. And that sort of set the tone for how the city was going to deal uh, with this pandemic. And we probably saved a bunch of lives because of that uh, decision. And so, you know, we've worked to try to conservatively come up with a plan uh, to open safely in our city. Even though there's a lot of pressure from people to, to get out and to sort of burst 
Right. Which I totally understand. But uh, you know, we want to make sure we do it safely. Right, which brings me to a lot of people dub Miami as the playground of the USA. So living in paradise, very tempting and challenging to keep residents sheltered and safe. I love the Stand Up Miami campaign. So um, and you post periodic updates online, which I love as well. So where are we now with in terms of opening up the city? We're getting there. We're getting close. We uh, are having... Uh, epidemiologists and biostatisticians uh, analyze our data from new cases. Uh, we feel good about where we're at from a hospitalization perspective. Um, and then th that's the basic criteria that we have to look at to determine when we're in phase one. We hope to uh, make an announcement soon based on that information that will you know, allow us to start opening up uh, parks and, and, and things where people can enjoy uh, so long as they maintain respectful uh, social distancing. So it's difficult because what we see happening across the country is when we, we give people uh, what they you know what they what they're entitled to, which is their freedom. Unfortunately, we see a lot of irresponsible behavior, and then we kind of have to start undoing uh, some of that uh, because of its health risk. So you know, we'll see. Right, a balance between people's I guess anxious nature and their safety. How has working from home influenced? the future of infrastructure and buildings and development, do you think? I think it's going to transform uh, so many things. I call it the Uber effect. You know, when, when Uber was created, uh, you know, people didn't realize that it was going to have a lot of uh, secondary effects that were not related to the technology itself, like 50% uh, reduction in, uh, in DUIs. That, you know, they didn't create Uber to solve the DUI issue, right? But it was created to, to create this platform and it had the secondary effect. The same thing with this pandemic. Uh, I would say before this pandemic, maybe 10% of the people knew what Zoom was. Uh, now probably 90% of the people know what Zoom is and, right. and, and Skype. And so, you know, this, this, this new world that we live in, which is virtual, but that it allows you, and I, and I kind of showed it to you before we recorded, I'll show it to you now. It allows you to be in your office, but at the same time, uh, actually being in your laundry closet, right? <laughs> so it looks very official. I look very official. Uh, but the truth is that I'm actually at home and it's wonderful because I can, um, I can do a podcast and just reach so many different people, hit the end button and either go on to another Zoom meeting with 20 mayors from across the country or walk out and give my daughter a hug or my son a hug who's, who is, um, you know, homeschooling right now, obviously. So um, it's just a wonderful opportunity to really be close to your family, which is, you know, in my line of work, it's unusual. Absolutely. What are the effects on property values and sales tax as these are the main revenue sources for the city? Sales tax is, is the one that's the biggest impact because that is based, it's a consumer-based tax. So obviously if people are not consuming as much because they're not out as much, um, you know, that, that, in, that tax is impacted. Property taxes are annual and we had collected a lot of our property taxes before the pandemic began. This could affect values, which could affect <laughs> next year's property taxes but our our, our values are, are are set as of january 1st so the values for this next fiscal year are already set so that's helpful um but you know obviously the financial condition of people's ability to pay also impacts our budget so we are being very proactive to make sure that we can avoid hopefully having to make dramatic cuts of our particularly first responders who are on the front lines right now fighting to to keep us safe yes and you have the firefighter representation. That's right. Yesterday was firefighter day, so I got to represent. 
My dad is an avid cyclist and road racing or biking is extremely popular here in South Florida. So I was curious, do you foresee promoting cycling races in Miami because they're extremely popular, for example, in New York and California? Yeah, I think we have to really maximize uh, the outdoors for us. You know, I'm an avid, I work out tremendously, you know, every day. Um, you know, I, I do CrossFit. That's what I like to do. But, you know, you, it's wonderful to be outside and to get that vitamin D, the sun, um, you know, to be able to get the endorphins from running and from exercising and from biking. So I definitely think that, uh, you know, that our biking community and our running community uh, should be a, a, a community that we protect and that we, that we try to enhance as much as possible. In order for our city to truly be a world-class metropolis, and this is a topic that's been brought up time and time again, we need to be more efficient in terms of transporting our residents and our visitors. So in light of COVID-19, can you update us on where we are on the transportation and smart plan? Not as far as I like, um, you know, but I will say this, you know, again, you know, sometimes I say that government sometimes will wait too long and an idea could become obsolete. I'll tell you what, if, if, if we change forever and, and are more virtual, because my office right now is, like I said, my, basically my, I can see yours is your sort of your living room. Mine is mine. <laughs> if this change takes effect, I can tell you that, you know, we may not need mass transit because you know, because a lot less people are going to be driving. A lot more people are going to be working from home. And, um, you know, we're going to have a lot, uh, uh, we're going to have a far less people on the roads. So, right. you know, it, it's interesting, again, this, this, this pandemic and this technology combined could solve a problem that is unrelated to either thing. I mean, traffic and pandemics don't usually go hand in hand. And, you know, technology and traffic don't necessarily go hand in hand, but when you combine, you have to have this pandemic where people now are forced to work from home. They start working from home. They're like, wait a second, this actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, this is really efficient. Right. I can be pretty much anywhere instantly in, in person. So there, it takes, you know, it's not so impersonal. And, uh, you know, I don't need to use my car. I mean, I saved a lot of money on gas and, you know, I'm not polluting the environment and I just don't need to. And so then all of a sudden, you know, I can envision a day where our, our, and, and I, this is not the first time I say it, so hopefully somebody will remember it. Our, our highways end up becoming parks because we don't need to use them. You know what I mean? And it's similar to the High Line type of concept where at some point, if we don't need our super highways, you know, we're going to want to do something with them. And there's a lot of space and there's, you know, contiguous space. So you can make them into huge parks and ball fields and, you know, soccer fields and baseball fields and, you know, solve all the, the need for fields that we could possibly have. Right. It's another silver lining that we weren't anticipating, like you said, the Uber effect. So this really forces people to focus on what's essential and what's not and more efficient. Absolutely. Miami-Dade County is the seventh largest county in the entire United States. Your dad is running for mayor of this amazing and large county. What can we expect from this dynamic duo? I call it the Suarez Squared. So that's cool. Um, so what we expect would be um, uh, uh, us getting along, which we do. I would ex we would expect, um, you know, uh, us to work together. We agree on a lot of things, not everything, but a lot of things. Um, I think we have we bring a different approach, different style. Um, you know, I'm, I have a little bit more of a mom's personality. Uh, 
but that doesn't mean anything. It just means that, you know, we kind of approach things sometimes different. Sometimes I feel like I should be more like him. And I think sometimes he feels like he should be more like me. Um, but I, I really think that it would be something incredibly beneficial for the county because we have such a good relationship. And it's obviously something where, you know, he has a tremendous career, both as a city mayor and as a, as a, as a county commissioner. So he has a great resume, obviously his academic credentials. Um, but what he's accomplished as a public official, I think he would do a wonderful job. I would love to see more of that dynamic duo. So Very cool. And Mayor Suarez, what would you like to leave as your legacy? Wow, that's a great question. I don't think about it that much because I'm only in my third year. So I try not to think about legacy because legacy implies an end, right? But, you know, I, I, I hope that people remember me as someone who was visionary, um, who was ethical, who was transparent. Uh, I hope that they see me as someone who worked hard, who really cared, um, and who really sort of changed the needle on a, a lot of major issues such as, you know, income inequality, homelessness, you know, uh, technology and culture in our community, in our city. And I really would love to be remembered as a, as a great mayor. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that does this position that doesn't want later on to be remembered as someone who did it well. And, and that's all you can ask for. I love it. Okay, these are the last three questions and they'll be really quick. So I call this the fire round. So I'll ask a simple question and you just have to spit out the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, cool. What was the last thing that you ordered on Amazon? Last thing I ordered on Amazon was vitamin C, emergency C. Okay. Oh, the powder, right? Yeah, the powder. All right, I like to mix yeah. that. Yeah. What's your favorite word? My favorite word is ubiquitous. Ooh, okay, SAT. <laughs> It means being everywhere. It means being everywhere at the same time. Okay, right. You can do that now with those backgrounds. You can. What would you attempt to do if you knew that you had a 100% chance of succeeding? Run for president. Ooh, hey, okay. <laughs> All right, and lastly, how can people find you online and get in contact with you? So my uh, Twitter handle is at Francis Suarez. My Instagram handle is at Francis X Suarez. So, um, you know, we have a good following on both. We have like 26,000 followers on Twitter and about 62,000 on uh, Instagram. So I'm very, very grateful to those who follow and who, you know, keep up with the city on those platforms because they're wonderful. You know, you can post things for free and a bunch of people find out about it. You get a lot of engagement, a lot of my videos that we've said, whether they were the diary entries or just videos that we put on opening my end. I've gotten 50, 60, 70,000 views. So, uh, you know, I'm, we're very grateful for those who, who take the time to, to engage with me. Right. Everyone does love you, Francis. I'm not just saying this. I have friends from school in Philadelphia, New York, my brother in Houston. You've become like the Corona cape man. Oh, I, I'm friends with the mayors of all those cities. They're great, great people. And um, I love those guys. So, uh, I, I, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. It's a world Thank you again, Mayor Suarez. This was awesome. I really appreciate it and hopefully we can reconnect post-Corona. Okay, God bless. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. God bless. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode. I'll see you next time. Don't forget to visit us at www.brithappens.com.